These three media. Hi, I'm Darren Antrobus, and this is the interviews from These Three Media. In this episode, I'm sitting down and chatting to Dave Hemingway, as of from the House Martins in the 1980s and late 80s and 90s, the beautiful South, and then the South in the early noughties. We chat about COVID, lockdown, the old days, some of the risque songs that they did in the beautiful South, and we also talk about what's next for Dave Hemingway and his new band, The Sunbirds. Let's let's do a bit of history first, because some people will go, I know that name, I know that name, where yeah. from, where from? So- some people will go, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of him. <laughs> but obviously, um, House Martins, Beautiful South. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, were you part of the South as well with Alison? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. That's true, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, obviously, on to the Sunbirds. But for, before we get to the Sunbirds, take us back a little bit. When when did it all kick off for you? And do you remember those days fondly from the House Martins? Yeah, well, it all kicked off, really, before the House Martins. Um, I was in bands in Hull in the early 80s, you know, and everyone seemed to be in a band at that time. And it was a really thriving music um, area and, you know, lots of gigs. Lots of places to play gigs, and it was really good fun. Everyone seemed to be in a band, and then uh, obviously the House Martins were the first band from Hull to actually make it to uh, the bigger stage, you know, uh, you know, nationally and everything. And um, yeah, so I was lucky enough to join them in '87. Uh, yeah. One of my favourite songs from the House Martins, uh, "Shock Horror," wasn't um, um, "Happy Hour," believe it or not. It was right. uh, "Caravan of Love." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that done a cappella, was it? Yeah, it was. It was a uh, one of the things about it was it was an a cappella song, and uh, one of the good things about the band House Martins, uh, well, it was a good band, great band. But um, we used to do gigs, you know, a cappella songs. We used to do three or four a cappella songs. So we, we used to, um, you know, various points of the gig, just down tools and down instruments, and just sing a cappella. You know, and it was. Quite uplifting, really. It was good, and it was really, and it was obviously unusual for a band to do that because, well, not many did. I can think of anyway. So um, yeah, so it was another aspect of the band that was really good. And was it quite hard to do that to get all all the the, the band members to be in in perfect harmony? Because when you hear the track back, everybody knows exactly what they're doing. So how hard is it to get everything yeah. organised? Well, well, no. Well, part of the thing about being in the band was you had to be able to uh, harmonise and then. Um, Everyone was playing. Paul was the lead singer, but the band behind him, uh, myself, well, few originally, and then me, uh, Stan and um, Norman, were doing harmonies behind Paul. So it was all very much a band where you had to be able to pull your weight to, to be able to sing and to be able to uh, do the harmonies. And so then when you're doing a cappella, uh, that sort of comes naturally and you can do that sort of thing. And it's, it's a good way to go really sometimes so then obviously uh it brings us forward into the beautiful south uh a huge back catalogue day for the beautiful south i don't even know where this very first breakthrough hit for the beautiful south for for that particular band uh that was song for however in uh, 89 um from the first album which was welcome to the beautiful south and uh yeah it was such after the house lighting's finished and it's always a strange one whether I didn't know if Paul was um, wanting to go on and form another band or do something on his own or anything but 
he said, uh, you know, do you want to be in this new band I'm thinking about? So I said, yeah, of course. And then um, I assumed he meant as a drummer, but he meant as a vocalist. So uh, that's where that band started up. And um, yeah, we did a lot of albums and had a lot of great times. And we were together for a long time in terms of bands don't tend to be together for that long. And we were together for about 19 years, which is a, a long time, as you know. Uh, with that, with the song for whoever, um, the, the lyrics in there. Do, do you know the ladies' names? <laughs> As in, do you know the ladies yeah. that was the names that were uh, well, in it? Because the chorus Paul, was was all yeah. those names. Paul, Paul wrote the song, so if you're going to question <laughs> about certain ladies, then I think you should be directing your questions to him. You know. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my hands up and say it's nothing to do with me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think it off the top of my head. I was singing it in the car to myself. It's like Jennifer, Annabelle, Alison, Philip, Sue. Deborah, Annabelle too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's a, it's a great song. It's a great, great song. It was uh, quite clever, really, because it did get you talking to girls. People would come up and say, oh, my, my name's in that song. I went, mm, could it be about you? <laughs> oh, dear me. Um, and one of my, one of my other favourite songs from Beautiful South is going to be uh, A Little Time. Um, yeah. That was a beautiful ballad, that was. Yeah, yeah, that was our only number one, and it was um, strange, really, because uh, yeah, myself and Brainer sang on it, and that, and um, it was a hit amongst all these sort of more uh, overblown sort of songs, you know, all these mega hits and all these big sounding records, and that was quite a, a small sounding record in a way because it was very simple. But um, and yet, it, you know, it went to the top, and it was that was a great time for us, yeah. You shot me there. Is that the only number one that Beautiful South had then? The only number one single, yeah. We had, we had a, two or three number one albums, but that was the only number one single, yeah. So not Rotterdam, not Don't Marry You, no. Have Me, uh, no. and all the others, you know? No, no, we had uh, plenty of top 20s and top 10s, but that was, uh, I mean, even Perfect 10, I think that was number two. But, um, uh yeah, that was the only number one single that we had a uh, little time. I'm glad you brought up Perfect Ten. Um, did you write that for the TV series, I take it? No, it came out before the TV series, didn't it? <laughs> no, no. It's, again, Paul was main songwriter and, and all these, you know, lyrics-wise. And uh, he wrote that. And I think about that, actually. Yeah, we offered it to Tom Jones. Oh, did you? Yeah. And I can't hear Tom Jones doing that. <laughs> well, you can, really, if you think about it. If you think about it. You could put Tom Jones in there at the time and, uh, you know, it's perfect. Where's the twirl? <laughs> and doing the dance, you know. And uh, he turned it down because I, I don't think he, he knew who he was or anything. But uh, he offered him the song and he, he's, he's, nah, not doing that. But I think he did, you know, I think he was a fool to turn it down. But anyway, so we did it instead. Wow, I didn't know that. That's, I'm going to write that down for my pub quizzes when they start up again. Yeah. <laughs> it's a brilliant thing. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, uh, in my opinion, some of your finest moments in the early 1990s with Rotterdam and uh, Don't Marry Her and Have Me and all that kind of stuff. Um, but let's, let's fast that's forward. A, that's a clean version. You know that, don't you? Of Don't Marry Her. No. Oh, you don't know the, um, the original version then? No. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, better carry on then. It's not. Don't, it's not. Don't marry her. Have me. It's don't marry her. Me. F. Yes. Really. And, um, yeah, yeah. And that's on the album. 
that, and it was the first track on the album at the time. And uh, we got a lot of complaints because a lot of people bought it for Christmas presents and for the granny and things, you know, and like they'd open the play it, and that was the first track on there. And you know, <laughs> it caused some uh, consternation. And uh, Terry Wogan actually played it on Radio 2 once by accident. He played, oh, no. the, he played the room version in the breakfast show as opposed to the safe version. So that oh, was okay. good. That's another great story. I love that. that is, I didn't even know that. That yeah, yeah. Check, check out check out the road version. It's good. Because <laughs> <laughs> I never thought um, uh, "Beautiful South" uh, and yourself and Paul would have been controversial like that. You know, I, I never thought that would have happened. No, we were just the opposite, really. Uh, I think we <laughs> did. No, I thought we wrote some. Uh, Paul wrote some really controversial songs, and um, we had some controversial moments but uh at the time thankfully it wasn't everything wasn't out in the open as it is these days you know with phones and um you know it, it's hard to lead a quiet sort of existence these days if you're out there but um at the time we yeah we we had our moments but uh nobody knows much about them so i want to keep it that way you know <laughs> fantastic so obviously we are now to the point where um just before uh the sunbirds uh is born you got the south which is allison isn't it and uh it, so yeah. who was in the south it was just you and allison originally from the beautiful south was it yeah and a, well, a couple of members of the horn section gaz and tony and uh, uh damon will play keyboards so there was a few of us in there yeah so um yeah we're just playing beautiful south songs really i suppose you could call it a tribute band and i suppose it it was in a way so but you know we enjoyed that with, with with the South though, um, did you did you speak to Paul and say, look, I'm going to go and do this, and we're going to call it the South, and we're going to play the, yeah. those songs? Was was he cool with that? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, well, that's a very good question, actually. Uh, Dave Stead, who was a drummer in the uh, Beautiful South, um, he told Paul about it, and uh, I didn't talk to Paul directly, but Dave Stead did, and told me in all good faith that Paul was okay with it because the first thing I said was is Paul okay with us doing this and uh, I was assured that he was so um, if it wasn't then um, I was misled but um, anyway it's all history now so uh, that's what it matters really in the scheme of things yeah Um, and then obviously the pandemic hits and um, so how has the pandemic been for you uh, creatively have you uh, I mean the songs from Sunbirds is this have these songs been born before the pandemic or yeah we managed to um record the album we just finished recording the album thankfully just before the first lockdown so um that was a good thing um because if they've gone on into that period then we'd have had more more trouble really but um so that was good um so that delayed the album coming out which was late last year and um Obviously, it's delayed us being able to do gigs, the whole thing that's going on. But um, in terms of writing, uh, yeah, writing new songs, and we've written new songs since and during this uh, period of lockdown and that. So in one way, it's decent so you can write uh, new songs and be ready for the next album. But in another way, it's frustrating that we haven't really had the chance to... uh, get this album out there, yeah, and uh, go and play the gigs and let people hear the songs. So it's a double-edged sword, really. But um, 
in general, I think the uh, pandemic and the lockdowns has been pretty grim for everybody. I think we'd all agree with that. It's not been a great period of our lives. Has Have you taken any, for what I believe I've spoken to a lot of singer-songwriters before um, during the during the lockdown on these podcasts, and they, they say they've taken emotions from pandemic and lockdown and put them into the new material. For your newer material, have you done any of that? Have you taken any any emotion from that? Yeah, well, yeah. It's hard to take any positive emotions from it. Um, so I don't think you can write about doom and gloom all the time. You've got to try and think about when things were better, you know, and how things will be better coming coming up soon, hopefully. So not, uh, not really. I think if you wrote about things during this uh, sort of uh, period of time, it'd be quite depressing. So you can't just write about things like that. You've got to write about the, the good stuff as well. So that's what we'll try and do. So obviously you were in all of these iconic bands before. Uh, you've got a brand sound, um, you know, mm. from, from what you write, uh, from where you write from. Um, Sunbirds, uh, can the fans expect similar style or are you are you breaking away from the original sound that you used to write before? Well, it's a bunch of different musicians, different songwriters, but ultimately it's about uh, writing good songs hopefully, and playing good songs. And um, I think if we try to radically change that or go against that or differ from it, then we'd fall on our faces quite a lot, really. Plus you've got uh, myself singing and uh, and Laura singing, so you've got a... It's not going to be radically different, but I think the most important thing is that the songs stand up and the songs are good because all the bands I've been involved with and been in that's been the uh, main point, really. The songs have been strong, good songs. And um, that's what made me want to do some beds, really, because it'd been a while since I'd heard songs that would tempt me back because I took a couple of years out sort of thing and I wasn't really looking to come back and do anything. But I had these songs and I thought, yeah, these songs are good and uh, made me want to do them and want to progress with this band. And it's quite exciting to be in a band again and a new band no one's heard us, no one's heard of us or heard the songs. And, uh, you know, it's really, it's uh, ignited a spark again. And uh, it's, it's like being in a band for the first time. And it's really exciting for me. And uh, looking forward to going out there, hopefully, um, very soon to do these gigs and play our first gig. Because we haven't played a gig yet, so that'll be good. Uh, where does the name Sunbirds come from, Dave? Well, it's always hard. Anyone who's been in a band will tell you that... Uh, Finding a name that suits you is, is hard. It's a hard thing. So I went through a few uh, options, and Phil eventually came up with some beds, and um, it just seems to suit us. It's quite an uplifting sort of name, and uh, yeah, so we just liked it. It's just a question of liking the name, and does it fit? And uh, it seemed to fit us, and uh, so we're happy to go with it. It's not come from anywhere directly, like somebody's not really no, book or no, no, seen something. Nothing, no, not really. No, it's just uh, no, not really. But uh, it's just a uh, the name we came up with and it, it seemed to suit so we went with that now this I'm going to put you on the spot now because um, yeah you are um, not, we're not doing the retro hall of fame just yet we're, we're going to talk okay. about the gigs that you <laughs> fingers crossed you've got uh, booked in uh, because right, yeah. been, I have been sent a list but it's on my phone have you got a list there in front of you Dave where where people can... no the only one I know is booked in uh, that I've got is the first one, which is the 31st of July at the New Adelphi in Hull, which is quite um, 
an apt place to play for us because obviously um, I used to play there in the early 80s in bands and that and it's uh, to do our first gig there is quite you know really good really fitting I think emotional so, for you then oh very much so yeah I'll, I'll, I'll be in pieces that night I tell you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah I'm looking forward to it yeah that's the first, first 31st of July which has been put back but it's now 31st of July and it's our first ever gig and it's in a place where um, it used to play like uh, 30 years ago. So it's crazy. Wow. It seems a bit emotional in your, in your, in your eyes there, Dave. I can see it's um, yeah, yeah, no, it's on the heartstrings. Uh, <laughs> well, um, you know, <laughs> got to sell tickets somehow, haven't you? So pulling those heartstrings. But um, no, it's, it is. It's a, a place where I remember playing when before the house martins, I was in bands and we used to play there on Sunday afternoons. You know, we used to have a, a residency there with the Velvetones, and we used to go and play there sort of like one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon for a couple of hours and um, get the beers in, and that it was great. So, um, to go back there and be the first gig that we play with Sunbirds is quite emotional, it'd be you know, hopefully great, and uh, look forward to it. For people that want to go along to the gig, by the way, uh, first question yeah. is, where can they get tickets for? Are, they, are the tickets on sale just yet, Dave, or are you still holding Yeah, the tickets are on sale, yeah. Um, and uh, I think you go to sunbirds.co.uk, you can get them there. Obviously, go through the New Adelphi, I'm sure they have a website, you can get them through that as well. Um, but definitely on sale. You've got a social media page uh, for the Sunbirds as well? Yeah, I think sunbirds.co.uk. Um, I really am not the best one to ask for this sort of thing, but uh, I think I'm right in saying that. Yeah, if you just Google or use your chosen search engine yeah. and type in Sunbirds, they'll find you, they'll find the music, they'll find where you yeah. dig in and all the details that they need to buy tickets as well. Um, yes, well said. T- talking of the gig, by the way, are you are you going to be playing some of the old classics as well at the same time just to pad it out a bit, or you're all going to just stick to the new stuff? No, they'll be not playing the old stuff. Um, I think the idea is, you know, we draw a line under that and we're starting again. And uh, I don't think there's a point in doing the old stuff. We did, we did that with the South, and uh, that's all well and good. And don't get me wrong; I mean, the, the songs, are, the old songs, are great, and you could play them. But I think the idea of some beds is it's a clean slate, and we're starting with new songs. We want people to come along and listen to the new songs and see what they think, and. Um, but we certainly won't be playing anything, you know, of the old hits or anything like that. So people should be aware of that. We're, we're just going to play the album and new songs and other songs, maybe cover versions of other songs, but um, none of the old um, Beautiful South songs or anything like that. So I think it's that was part of the appeal to me as well, really, because um, if anything, I, wanted to, I, I thought I don't want to stop just yet if they've got some more new material in me and new songs in me and that. So that's what we're going to do. And we're going to play the new songs and hope people enjoy them. I asked the same question to Peter, Peter Hook um, yeah. uh, last summer, because he was doing a fest, not last summer, the summer before, sorry, he was doing a festival uh, called the Fab Fest, it was, uh, in, in Cheshire. And um, and he, he said the same sort of thing. He said, I don't really want to play all the New Order stuff anymore and the Joy Division stuff. He said he wanted to play, I think it's called The Light, that his new band's called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, he was really excited about saying, you know, come and listen to my new stuff. It's, you know. Yeah, but I understand uh, yeah. people want to hear the old stuff. I totally understand that because they've been successful. And if you go to a gig, it's good to hear stuff that you know. And, oh, well, and good. But equally, uh, 
people like myself, Peter Hawk, and that, they've got new bands. They're excited about the new bands. They want people to give the new songs a chance. And uh, that's the way to do it, really. Go to the gigs and give the new songs a chance and, and see, see what you think, because we're in this to play music and not just to play everything we've done in the past, but also to play music that we're doing now and want to do in the future. And it's, um, it's important to us to play those new songs and to make those new songs. And it's, that's what keeps us going really. So it's all worthwhile. Sounds really exciting. And I'm going to go get my tickets to go and come and see you anyway. As long as you let me hang out backstage with you and see what like rock and roll stars do. <laughs> well, the, Backstage at the Adelphia, as I recall, was just the toilets. So um, I don't really, I don't really think you'd want to hang out there with me, you know. <laughs> oh, Dave, thank you very much. Um, uh, Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure to. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and I wish you the uh, best of luck with, with all the new music and all the new material and I hope um, that you can get out um, COVID permitting and enjoy a load of gigs around the country looking forward to that thanks very much uh, cheers uh, thanks great to talk to you thanks very much thank you for listening downloading and subscribing and sharing this episode of the interviews from these three media keep checking back to this podcast series for more interviews and episodes very soon the interviews is a these three media production these three media